From the iHeartRadio studios in New York City, come fans of the greatest rock and roll band hailing from Hollywood, California. Dissecting all things Guns N' Roses and anything else distorted. Because you know what the fuck you are! This is Appetite for Distortion. Try it again! Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando. Episode number 43. Holy crap. Episode 43. And we're going to be featuring an interview with Rod Jackson this uh, this episode. Rod Jackson, the former lead singer of Slash's Snake Pit, off their uh, second record, Ain't Life Grand, which is my personal uh, favorite of the two uh, Snake Pit records. And Eric Dover being the uh, the first uh, singer of the first one, but uh, which I'll tell Rod when I first heard Mean Bone on VH1, uh, that song I just fell in love with that band and his voice. And um, once I announced that he was coming on the show, many of you sent in your questions. I'm going to get to a few of those because it's very cool to know that I'm not the only one who's excited to talk to Rod Jackson. But first, uh, a couple things in uh, Shotgun News. News. All right, first things first, uh, last episode, number 42, got to thank Mr. Art Tavana and Brain. Of course, two hours of a Brain conversation, and the feedback from that has been so overwhelmingly positive and good, and just thank you. It makes me feel so good that I'm getting messages, not just, you know, hey, it's good to hear from Brain, Guns N' Roses, yeah, yeah, but like his, his personality, uh, the video game stuff, and yes, it, it's funny that he had some catchphrases that we picked up on, uh, one of them being... It's rad. It's rad. It's rad. He used the word rad a lot, and I think it's funny that I already had a previously made sound clip of Duff saying radical, along with uh, Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. That's pretty yeah. radical. Radical, radical, radical. It's rad. <laughs> uh, so I guess rad is the new uh, word for the AFD show. So a thank you to Brain who um, I did reach out to once Buckethead announced some dates, which we didn't know at the time, uh, if he was going to be part of those, because he's doing some dates around me. Um, and hoping, as as I'm recording this, I'm going to get some Buckethead show um, tickets for their B.B. King's Blues uh, Club show here at NYC, because I'm recording this uh, Sunday, January 21st. Try to be in real time. So hopefully I will be seeing uh, Buckethead in NYC coming up soon. So I asked Brain if he's going to be touring with Bucket. And he just said, uh, no, not this leg. If anything changes, he'll let me know. So um, that's it. So hopefully we do hear from Brain uh, in the future as far as uh, on the podcast and just um, working with whether it be Melissa or Bucket. So I'll keep you posted and all of that. And uh, the last part of Shotgun News, I don't know if it's news, but I do want to mention it because it's part of what we or I or, you know, let's just say we do here because it's our show. Uh, Get through the. Uh, distortion, get through the uh, rumors that have nothing to it. So uh, with Guns N' Roses, of course, as we're talking about a new album, who would it be with, blah, blah, blah. We've been having these conversations since Chinese Democracy. So there is this website that apparently is run by Hollywood insiders that want to remain anonymous, and they make these posts with that are really ambiguous, really generic, because they don't want to get in trouble, but they usually come to fruition. So this one said, uh, this permanent A-list rock group has apparently agreed to do something they said they would never, ever do, making another record with 
most of the original lineup. They just signed a deal with one of the top five uh, producers of all time to take the helm of the project. Among his stipulations was that every member of the band cede, uh, band cede control to the producer, and if any one single member of the band departs or screws up, it's over. According to one member, no more half-hearted collaborative efforts for that band. At this point, why would they even try? Aside from the expense of paying off past lawsuits and alimony, uh, they want the money. Apparently, all that recent concert money they've recently earned has reminded them that they were once that good. So, is that Guns N' Roses? I have no idea. I mean, there are sites taking that and running with it, but it's fun to talk about, but we have uh, no idea. So, uh, I just figured I'd mention it to uh, to you as far as what's out there. Hopefully, we, we do get more uh, Guns N' Roses, whether it be with uh, new stuff with Slash or reworked Chinese democracy material, but... In the meantime, uh, let's find out what's going on with Rod Jackson because we know for a fact he's in the studio right now working on solo stuff. So uh, he's calling up right now. So on the phone right now, Rod, I got to kind of set the scene. Of course, uh, we've been talking about it all week. Uh, Rod Jackson, formerly of Slash's Snake Pit, but has his own solo stuff going on. And there's so much more to you than uh, th that one record that I think a lot of the Guns N' Roses and Slash fans are aware of. So that's why... I really want to talk to you, but I didn't get to to set the scene when we spoke briefly on the um, on the phone before this interview. So I I guess I was a freshman in college, and this was right. the time when MTV. Yeah, okay, what college was that? I went to the Hofstra University. Uh, it's in okay. Hempstead, Long Island. It's it's near where the Islanders used to play. If that, sure. yeah. So, sure. uh, oh, I, you know what? There might be a better. Um, it's where the last few presidential debates have been. So I, I don't. Oh, know. okay, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I mean, it's so yeah. I. Yeah. So I've been. I mean, I'm trying to make like, because if 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 you're not from New York, you may not know what it is. It's better than NASA yeah. Community College, but it's not NYU. Somewhere somewhere in between that. Uh, so I'm watching you know, my my tube TV. You know, at the time it's the early 2000s. Uh, I think it was MTV. No, it was VH1 Classic, which actually played videos and everything. And at that time, Guns N' Roses was already broken up, and they were never going to get back together again and all that. And I guess see a video, and I've heard of Slash having another band. I never really just went out of my way to listen to it. And I see a video for what would be Mean Bone. And since that day, that is one of my favorite so like rock songs ever. And it's not just because wow. you're, you're on the phone. And I'll, I'll explain it. This is also... <laughs> We're not going to talk about Rod Jackson conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I don't want to be one of those those um, broadcasters or interviewers that just blows smoke. I understand, yeah, so and plus, um, you seem like uh, when we've spoken briefly, you, you're, you seem like such a uh, an authentic guy so that you would be able to tell yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. So this was before, of course, smartphones and Spotify and even yeah, iP yeah. an iPod. So I would make, and I'm sure you did, mixes, CD mixes. So Mean uh -huh. Bone was on all my CD mixes. Then, of, of course, uh, when and forgive me, I did buy the record after that, but I you know got it on Napster and the whole record eight right. five grand. So it's just right. very f cool for me, if I may say, before I you know shut up for a moment to finally talk to yeah. you, this guy uh, who I've just been in love with his voice for so long, and wow, thank just, you. just to yeah. find out. Uh, you know, what, we're going to find out what you've been up to and putting it out there that we're going to interview you. Uh, all of our listeners feel the same way that I do. So, welcome, Rod Jackson. Thank you. 
Thank you, man. Where are you calling Thank from? Thank you so much. I'm calling from California. Well, it's a pretty big state. Where in California? The California. <laughs> no, <laughs> Fresno, man. I'm up here in Fresno for a while. Oh, okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to send out some love outs to Robbie, to Bugs, to Tad, to Tony, to Chris, to Billy, to all the Fresno Nody Dodos out here, man. Hey, what's up? It's Rob Jack. <laughs> is that like your, 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 is that like your, your friend's crew? We got it. Yeah, let's move on. Boom. <laughs> uh, is that Dina in the background coaching you? Dina's in the background. Dina's in the background holding it down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank her for me because she's the one that coordinated between us. Hey, Tisha. Hey. Thank you. You, you got it. She goes too well. Okay, that's enough of Dina. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. And also, I got to uh, thank Walker who set this up. Yes. And yes, no, no, let, me say, let me say something here. Sure. I want to thank you guys because, you know, uh, a lot of times, I, I, and I'm, I've been with certain musicians and, you know, I've never gotten to that point when someone says, I like your music or I like what you do, to where it doesn't just like a wave of like, oh, it hits me. It's like, oh, my God, this guy likes what I do. I still haven't gotten over that. So I want to thank you guys for giving me the time and, 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 and the, you know, the whole yuck-yuck for doing this, man. I love you guys. Because every night on stage, I would always say, without you, there is no me. Yeah, and I I spent a lot like the last few days uh, watching performances of Slash's Snake Pit from uh, Buffalo. There's not a lot out there, and you can yeah. feel you can feel that that you actually have the genuine love. You're not making these these cliche remarks. And yes, we oh, all love Ozzy, but every place he goes, we love you. Oh, it's <laughs> hey 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 hey. Step off of Ozzy, man. Step off of Ozzy. <laughs> I, I, I understand what you said. You know, when I was on stage, the greatest thing about playing with Slash is huge, man. I love the guy to death. He's an icon. But, you know, a lot of guys, when they have their solo stuff like that, they get on the mic. Slash gave the show to me. He didn't keep it himself by going, I'm Slash. He said nothing, and he gave the show to me. So I, I always thought that was, that was great. And while I was up there, because he did that, I said, you know what? I've just got to be me up here. You know, I can't get out there and go, everybody, give me a hug. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna talk. I, I like to talk to people like it's just me and you in the room, and we're just partying. You know. Yeah, and that's what I I like to how I I kind of um shift this podcast. It's just like where it's just you and I talking. I don't want to go through yeah. the cliches. Yes, no, yes, no. I don't want those kind of yeah. questions uh and answer situations. And it kind of and it parlays into being a front man. You know, the things you want to know about you want to know about that guy that guy's talking to. That's what you're saying. That's beautiful. Yes, I want to know. I mean, it's it's more than I mean because you'll probably agree. Today's rock and roll, you don't really know about anybody. You kind of just know yeah. the the product that's out there. You yeah, know you all do. the the behind the scenes and what made your music and slashes and genius. Back when I was a kid, like, you'd buy that album, and you would take that album in the bathroom, whether you were taking a shit or not. You sat on that toilet with something like like, like a, a Zeppelin, you know, House of the Holy. You read every the art director. You read who did the, the you even knew the guys at the label's names. You know, you knew everything. You stared at the picture. It was more than just the album. It was, it was even though you had no MTV or VH1, there still was a visual. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not a millennial, all right? I'm 34, yeah. I, I'm a cusper, right. all right? I'm, I'm late yeah. Gen X. So I do right. remember actually buying albums and reading the liner notes. And yes, yeah. you know, like I, I mentioned, uh, college, the latter part of my high school, that's when the influx of uh, downloading music and 
and kind of the sure. separation of the visual. But then I guess this all ties back in together with uh, Snake Pit and when I uh, first saw that Mean Bone video went deeper into it was the right. uh, the logo with this Slash's Snake yeah. Pit logo. And I talked to your uh, to Ryan Roxy, you know, a former bandmate of yours, uh, about that a few episodes ago. I heard, I heard that interview. I, I thought that was great. I loved Ryan. Ryan is, um, man, I love that guy so much. She, she's one of those guys that I met that I stepped back and I looked at and I said, you know what? Screw being friends. We, we were friends from Dick that one. This guy's an amazing musician, hmm. you know, just amazing. Yeah, and it seems like every place is not just within guns, but all those kind of... Um, uh, spin-offs, I guess for a lack of a better term. Uh, th- there's always a great group of musicians, whether it was the first Snake Pit record or the one you, you were on. That's what created such wonderful music. And I, I told you, um, again, before uh, off the air, and we'll get to them after, just the... Because uh, I want to just get some, uh, say it now, because you were just, you seem so appreciative of everything, and it's so genuine, the amount of fan questions that I got in. So I can only get to a few because I got a lot from all over the world okay. for you. So, oh, wow, wow, wow. So people want to get to, you know, to, to talk to you and see what you're up to. Um, but we, we will get to that. We will get to that point of Rod Jackson's story. But I guess we have to go to the beginning. And I'm not talking, like, you know, when your parents met. I don't, we don't need to go that far back. <laughs> <laughs> but where did you grow up? Hey, that's the question there to hear. <laughs> where did you grow up, though? I know you're in Cali now, but where did you grow up? Down south, I grew up very. I grew up below the Mason Dixon down south. Um, I had a very southern upbringing in music, which, which what I mean, you got the blues and you got country music. You know, um, I do stuff like, uh, "Hey, did you happen to see the most?" And Glenn Campbell, "Country Boy," mm. you got your pen you put your mind on. And along with that, on that same. Uh, I think the record station is called Q94, Q94. And they would play the Sex Pistols next. Then they would play Earth, Wind, and Fire next. Wow. So along with that, I had a big brother, my older brother. And uh, him and I, you know, we were very close, very tight, living down south uh, on this huge body of land. Grew up like the Waltons, you know. Um, and um, he had this, this band. And they would play stuff like Whipping Post by the Almond Books. And let me tell you the band that he had. He had like, they had like huge two marshals back then. I don't know where they got them from, but they would set up in my carport and play. And that was my introduction to the big bang. It was like, whoa. And he had every album of music you could think of. You know? hmm. What did you gravitate towards initially? Because I myself, you know, I, on my Spotify now, I have the Sex Pistols. I have Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, but yeah. when I think about growing up, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I guess for me, it was like I like Green Day and Michael Jackson when I was young. Sure, I, sure. I gravitated that was, that still. Right. But I, I gravitated more towards rock. So where did you gravitate? Because um, I will get to and I want to play this one clip. I want to. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it'll be funny if you remember it or not even. Uh, when I was listening to the only other interview that I found of you online, which is with our our friend Walker, who was supposed to be on this episode, and he's probably going to be kicking himself because I don't know if he fell asleep or or what's going on. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. So um, you did mention in that episode that you uh, have some experience or you were being looked into for Motown. But before I get yes. to that, though, I want to play this clip because if uh, anyone goes back and listens to your interview with Walker, you were sure. awesome. But Walker was something else, and you, I was like, is something wrong with him? 
but you you captured it. All right, so you know what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna play. It. I'm gonna play what I'm gonna play what you said to him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Walker, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you stoned? I'm not right now. <laughs> you know what, dude? I hate you. <laughs> okay. Yes, well, you know, when you're doing an interview with someone uh, and you say something, like you have this long, I used to listen to guys, this long statement, and the guy would go, you know what I mean? You hear this, yeah. Are you stoned? I'm not right now. <laughs> what the hell, man? Would you go take a talk, come back, and so I got lost in the midst of things? Are you, are, you, are you all of a sudden interviewing Sydney Poitier? What's going on? I know. That's what I was laughing. I was, you know, I was trying to do research on my interview with you and seeing what's out there because I don't want to ask you the same questions, of course. And it took me for a second. I'm like, is this just Wa- is this Walker? And you were being you, and you had this very Steven Tyler kind of personality, very David Lee Roth personality. And you'd be done with you know answering his question, and he would just be like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, <laughs> I think he dialed his back to three that day. Oh, it's too funny. I wanted to make fun of him, but maybe uh, maybe another time. Uh, so <laughs> that's another show. <laughs> that is another show. So I guess but the segue there was um, was Motown your first love, or was rock your first love? You know what? It had my thing was just man. I remember hearing. James Brown, the same day I heard Led Zeppelin. Hmm. And I took the two together and I went, oh, shit. Did I just create another style of music? But really, it's all the same. You know what I mean? Soul is rock and rock is soul. When you get to stuff like, uh, are you man enough? Vision bad. That's, that's soul. It's soul, but it still has rock. Yeah. Rock is soul. You know what I mean? I agree. But I know what you're saying. I lean towards music that burn a little bit harder. Mm. You know, I love the smooth stuff, but man, that guitar's got to burn for me. I got you. Yeah, no, that makes a, a lot of sense, and I kind of feel the same way that uh, whether it's the soul or funk, I kind of go towards the more uh, guitar-driven of that. It's got, it's got to burn me. Yeah. So, all right. I, okay. So I got it. So when did you um, realize? I guess when you could sing, because your voice is extremely unique. So could you always wow. sing? Did you have to? Was that something natural, or did you? Were you in choir you know when you were younger? I, I started off like Steven Tyler and like Marvin Gaye as a drummer. I oh. took drum lessons all through high school. Yeah, started as a drummer. And I'm in this, I'll never forget this, I'm in this band called the Bad Habit Band. I think we were only two years old. What habits could we have, you know? <laughs> and, and so we're playing this song called Taking Care of Business by Bachman Turner Overdrive. My cousin Gary's playing the guitar and he stops and says, I don't want to sing. I I'll sing it. When we get up every morning by taking after that, I was a singer. Mm. And just, just like, like that. that. Just like that. But so you know what? My thing was, I would, high school for me was like, okay, I don't want to be here. So when I got home from school, my homework was closing that door and putting on, you know, that, every night I would become that person, Steven Tyler or that. So for me, that was, um, that was my introduction to singing. I would cut the, I would, I would, I would go from like radio station to radio station to see it, see if I could match the singer because I think all singers are imitators at first, you know. Sure. Sure. Imitate a voice, then you turn it into your own. And I would just, I mean, man, I was infatuated. Music just devoured me. I would go from station to station and sing a little bit, and so I think that's where it started. I would make sure I had the time. I didn't need my my um. I didn't let anybody know I could sing until I thought I was good. Because a lot of times kids would go, hey, I'm great. It's like, well, anyone can sell at their bedroom. You know, I, right. I wanted to make sure that I was, I was doing it, you know. Right. A lot of people have the, um, the American Idol complex. 
You know. Yes, thank you so so much. You know, and, and it's way more than that, man. To start a band, you know, Sanger's mind pattern is part musician, but part always something else. You know, uh, you have to really be able to get up there and just be you. You know, just you have to show that to the people today because people really don't want to get up there and see some bunch of ding-dongs exploding, you know. Um, they really want to see a person up there that go, yeah, man, you know, that guy, I like that guy, man, you know. You know what I'm saying? That I do. Kind of I do. I think at this point where everything is a reboot, whether it's TV or movie yeah. or every, a lot of these uh, yeah. bands yeah. Are, are sound yeah. the same, um, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. And again, the American Idol complex, and I like how, you know, where you could sing and you found out you could sing at an early age. Yeah, I, it's but just, hey. It's, but there are a lot of people who think that they can do that, and that yeah. they sound like a, a ferret being stepped on. Oh, but my vocal coach, <laughs> my parents said I'm great. So it's yeah. you, you have to be aware of how talented you are. And, and, you know, I'm, I think anyone with, that thinks that talent can, can progress and get it. But there are a lot of guys out there that you put on YouTube and you've got, like, some guy, you know, some of his cat thinking he's just this. And it's like, God damn, dude, really? That's how you're going to put it out there? Okay, well, you know, that's your thing. I always thought that, man, you get it together first, then you throw it out there. It's a, it's a different world out there now and something that, you know, I want to talk about with you, you know, as we progress with the conversation because it really is di- like how you get your music out there and, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's, you know, back in my time, there was no way to do that. I can remember living in Richmond, Virginia, and me, I'm a so shout out to Jason Newcomb. This is my boy. We were in a band called Dominic Rooster. So we would go to pay phones, dig this. We'd pick up the phone, giving guys ideas. Oh, uh, yes, Cal, this is David Wiseman. I represent the band. And that's how we got in touch with people. You know, that was the only way we could kind of get our music somewhere. As far as going to a radio or anything like that, there was no YouTube or nothing. You really had to work hard at it, man. You know, the outlet was almost not there. So when you found that little keyhole, you just ran right through it. You made sure you had all your books and your guns and your you were you were loaded down. You were loaded from there, you know. Yeah, and I want to get to, um, you know, obviously your path and the work that you had to put in uh, before, during, and after Snake Pit. But um, what kind of kid were you when you were in high school and you wanted to say, when you said you would, you know, escape listening to Zeppelin and you want to leave, were your parents supportive of, you know, you wanting to be a singer? When did you, would you have, like, friends yeah. that were yeah, like-minded were. friends? You, you know, you know, the high school that I went to, uh, it really wasn't like, like, okay, we have a thing called, that was called Career Week. You guys don't love this. Now, I'm getting straight up, man. I'm feeling like this ass. How do you feel this ass? You don't dress out, okay? So they call me down there, and I'm thinking, well, I want to go out and be a Robert Plant. She goes, Mr. Jackson, I think a sort of trade or metal shop school would be great for you. I'm, I'm not even hearing this. I'm still thinking I'm, you know, Robert Plant. So for me to say and tell people I wanted to do that was kind of like, uh, so I had to keep it to myself. Now, my mom, my grandmother and all of them and my aunts and stuff, this was the thing. You know, I'm in my room singing, and one day I come out and I go, uh, you know, every drop of rain must have known they found a harmony. My mom stops and goes, whoa, wait a minute, son. You got something. You know what I mean? They were like, wait a minute, hold on a second. And every time I get a chance, you know, um, uh, uh, um, uh, you can spend all your time making, take it to the limits. I'm saying, she look at me. You know, so they really were like, yeah. And my brother, all, all of them were like, man, yeah, you got something there, buddy. You know, song it, be humble, and uh, keep keeping doing with it. And uh, so leaving home, I mean, my whole life growing up as a kid was amazing. Uh, uh, 
I grew up very well. Um, so much love that it was just, I believe in love. You know, in order to believe in it, you have to be shown it. I was shown so much love by my family, my brother. Of course, discipline, you know, heavily too. But uh, that came along with it, man. You know, uh, I'm from the old school. You know, you respect your elders and, and uh, um, you know, that type of thing. You work for what you get. You know, even though my family had money, every summer I would have to go to work, you know. And, and, and I understood that. Um, so, no, I, I didn't, there was really nothing to rebel against with my family. They were very, very cool, very cool people. You know, and, and, and I'll never forget my mom. I hope my mom hears this because this is my mom. For a year, for a whole year, I would get off the school bus, and the song I would hear walking into my house was Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. If I hear my mom say that song one more time, I'm going to shoot her in the head. <laughs> Every day when I'd get off the bus, there she was. So, yeah, they were very, very, very supportive. Oh, that's that's so cool. Because you just never yeah. know at that age. and. Um, you talk, man. You, you're unsure yeah. of yourself, that kind of thing. But my family, we grew up laughing. You know, we, I, I'm a Leo. I love the laughs. We would laugh at each other and laugh at jokes. And, and me and my brother were very close. And uh, uh, even though the high school was a little whatever, when I got home, that, that was it for me. You know, I, and I understand a lot of musicians grew up, their home lives were terrible, and that, that's not cool. But my, I, I couldn't... I, I don't know. No, I have to be honest about it. My 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 family was beautiful, man. I love them to death. Love them too much, you know. Well, that's awesome to 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 hear, and especially the support that you got at the beginning. You know, not feeling um, you know, just to have that 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 welcome, like, hey, yeah. you know, this what you're doing is good. You know, you're good at what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you decide to to leave home and and pursue your career, and how did that lead you to? Like, uh, I guess your I left first band. Home. I left home, man, uh, I think I, I think it was like 17 or 18, you know, and what had happened was that there was a, uh, there was a city in Virginia, I was living in Virginia, called Richmond, Virginia, and I left home, and I sort of slowly gravitated there from jobs that I did. I always worked in restaurants, I don't know why, you get free food, a lot of waitresses, who knows, and so I ended up in Richmond, Virginia, playing with these guys that were older than me, you know, somehow they needed a singer, we hooked up and all of that. And um, from there, you know, first of all, leaving home for me was, was, was just a thing we did. You know, it wasn't like, Mom, I'm leaving, don't cry, or, or get out of the house. A, a kid that grows up and leaves home is a very independent kid. You, you, you know, you raise a very healthy kid. It was the same, Mom, I'm leaving, okay, love you, son, you know, um, that type of thing. So when I left, it was all good, you know, um, um, Thank God she didn't come to visit me because really you don't want your mom knocking on your no, door. You know, no. you could have your dick in your refrigerator. Who knows? <laughs> so she's like, Mom, don't do that. That's not cool. You know, but um, uh, leaving home was cool. It, it, it was a gra- gradually happened. I just didn't pack and go. All of a sudden I found my stuff at someone's house. And, you know, I played in bands along the way. Um, so, yeah, um, I think I left home when I was about 18, 18 years old, man. Okay. You know? Uh, so there was cause kind of like you said, the, like the way your home life was. You just turned 18, and you already had been yeah. working, and it's just, you know, move yeah. out and start your life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, then, because, you know, like, again, we tried to – it was the same story. Obviously, this is a Guns N' Roses podcast, and, you know, the infamous story of a- Axel leaving Lafayette, Indiana to go to oh. California, and we recently spoke oh, with uh, Christopher Thorne. That. What's that? I've got a story for that. Oh, well, we're going to get to the, well, I'll just wrap, um, piggyback with that, just saying how when we spoke to Christopher Thorne from Blind Melon a few episodes ago, he had a similar story. 
So it's just right. it's just cool that you didn't leave right away. I don't know. Again, it's just every person we speak to, the slight differences or similarities of them going well, on their path. So, um, what yeah. is your story for that? That we uh, before we forget. Okay, dig this. So you know, I was in a band in restroom with this huge band. We kind of trickle down and break up because time's going on. I'm thinking, where do I go from here? Me and Jason, we go. He just knocks on my door one day. Out of the, I'm moving to LA. You want to come? I'm leaving tomorrow. Sure. Nobody knows I'm leaving. I grab a couple of cans of beans and a couple of t-shirts. We hop in this seat and we drive from Virginia all the way to California, man. And the trip out there was like a Jack Kerouac thing. You know, we broke down in, in the desert. We saw spirits. We we just like went through it. We were chased out of one one state by the cops. Uh, uh, I think one night we had like banditos after us. But we get over the hill into L.A. We stop at a gas station. The wind's blowing. I look in my pocket, and I've got $5.47. I feel like a billionaire, man. I'm in L.A. I'm doing it. We made it. We're here the promised land. It was such a trek, dude. You know, uh, uh, and basically what he had set up was, you know when someone leaves their car somewhere and they drive it back to the person? Sure. Okay, that's what he was doing. I didn't know this. One night we get real drunk, I throw up in the thing. So when we leave this guy his cheek, God bless him, we left it in the middle of the night, cut it off, tiptoed, ran away, and that was it. <laughs> oh, my God. So you did have your, <laughs> your little trek. It's a little bit, you took it, a detour it, first. It could, a, it could have been a full-blown movie. You know, it was so, you know, we were young. I think, I think he had a credit card that didn't work. So we just like, made our right, you know, you do what you got to do. And it was, you know, when you're that young, it was so much fun. We're sleeping outside, you know. Um, uh, I think we were sleeping in, um, God, somehow we'd gotten down into Texas. And I think we were in Houston sleeping in this park. We woke up with like, you know, the sheriffs around us with their guns drawn, you know, and I'm just like, dude. This is not really happening, you know. But each free state, there was just a full-blown movie. When you were experiencing that and you were leaving home, uh, did you think that this was your way, your kind of, your initiation to be a rock star? Or were you yes, like, okay. I so did. Yes, I answered okay. it. I, I thought that the falls and, you know, when you become a writer, you, really the only thing you can write about is what you know. And if you've been through a lot of stuff, man, you know, you've got a lot to write about. Like Axe, you know, he's been through a lot of yuck-yucks, so he's got a lot to write about. Um, Izzy, the same way. Uh, guys like old country singers, you know, uh, old Motown guys, you know, that kind of thing. And Stephen progressed on, they stopped singing about the blues and about other things. Same thing with the Beatles. You know, they started off with, I want to hold your hand into, you know, uh, Sergeant Pepper. So as we live... We grow and we have all these experiences. So yeah, that was that was it right there. You know, I wrote this one song called Cheap Hotels, and it goes, uh, uh, "Cheap hotels in Hollywood, staying up all night, do a lot of no good. A battle in shotgun in every room, a battle in shotgun in every, you know." And that was real. We only write what we feel and see and do. So yeah, it was my initiation into it. Even sure. the pitfall. I mean, you could have been just uh, also just terrified. You have your your bindle of uh, of beans. And, you know, yeah. you wake up with just cops all around you. You could have been like, oh, calling up your mom. I want to come home. But that didn't happen. No, 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 no. Beyond that, no. Mommy's got a, here's a, young musicians, mommy's got nothing to do with that. You're a grown man now. Right. You know, you don't, you don't lay those burdens on. You left home. Hey, man, 
you know, just got to go, you know. Got to be a man. As, as they said, when I first got the snake pit, I never heard man up. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. And one time Matt Lowe, goes, Rod Jackson, too much man for the mic. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good, um, that's kind of a good thing to be known for, I think. Yeah. Uh, so when did you, what was your first, I guess, break uh, when you didn't move out to California uh, with a band? When did you say, you know, when did it kind of occur to you that maybe the trek was over? I mean, it's never over, but you felt like maybe you, right. kind, of, you kind of made it a little bit. And like, hey, I can be here for you a while. You know what? It, the guys that I came out here with was like, I played this. For every band I was in, I, I got it together because I thought this would be it. So I would say every band that was created by me and these guys, I thought, hey, this is going to do it. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, you have to have that belief in everyone. My first real, real big break was Snake Kid, you know what I mean? As yeah. far as like, bam, you know what I'm saying? But uh, um, the Motown story that, that you and I were talking about, I was in a band called Shady Tree, right? And uh, we were playing out. Lady comes up from Motown, and she uh, she wanted to see us and everything, and, and uh, uh, we had meetings with her and stuff. And, you know, as... Things would happen. It didn't end up well with me and the guys, and um, uh, that was my Motown uh, thing. I was offered a solo deal, and, and uh, I really didn't want to sign with Motown, but that was kind of like my first, like, whoa, you know, this was real. You know, I just left this, this room with all this real wood and this lady talking like numbers, and holy shit, this, okay, here we go, you know? Yeah, your name could be potentially attached to such a legendary label in Motown. Exactly. So, I mean, that's exactly. kind of a lot of verification for your hard work, even yeah. though that wasn't the path. You want, you want to mull that over in your head. You just don't want to make that. There's good and there's bad. There's, you know, I I, I thought about it a lot. You know what I'm saying? I just think, oh, my God, Motown, yeah. No, I give it a lot of thought, you know. Right on. So then if Snake Pit was your first break, so I guess let's get to uh, to, to there. Um after the first album happened, and again, I was watching a lot of interviews uh, with both Slash and you over the past few days about Snake Pit, and I, I saw one, this was before you, uh, th that second record, and it was an interview Slash was doing, and I guess Guns hadn't, hadn't officially broken up yet, and the interviewer referred to uh, Five O'Clock Somewhere as Slash's solo record. And he kind of rolled his eyes, and he's like, oh, it's not a solo record. It's a band. Your new album, what, your debut solo album? It's not a solo record. Oh, okay. Well, um, your, new, your new band album, yeah, how's that? Yeah, okay. it's, when... not, it's not even my band. It's, it's our band. Then obviously, that, that first band disbanded, and then it was a second Snake Pit. So was, it, uh, did, was he recruiting a band for that second one? Like, I, guess, I guess take us through the whole process of how you joined Snake Pit, how you came across paths with, uh, with Slash. I, I had a friend, his name is Johnny Grappard, who everybody knows is Johnny Blackout. I'm going to re-nickname Johnny Blackout. He's no longer Blackout. Johnny, from now on, your name is Johnny Grip. I love That's like a porno star's name, Johnny Grip. So Johnny and I played together, and in passing, he said, Hey, Rod, uh, how would you like to come down and demo some songs for Snake Pit? Slash, they put the two and two together. I said, Sure. So I go down there, and they had tried out, like, 300 singers. Uh, Chris Cornell was one, God bless. Wow. Uh, a bunch of people. And when I got there, that's when it hit me. And I just heard your interview with Ryan Roxy. And Ryan's right. I did not have any shoes or shirt on. <laughs> I just showed up. I, I did not. You know, it's just, that's me. So Johnny drops me off at the back gate. I go in, and I sort of meet the guys and everything. And the overwhelming of, whoa, this is real. 
You know, this, you know, I would love to sit here and go, I was just not fulfilled. You're in Slash's world. It's a big bang, brother. You know, and I realized that when I got there and they gave me this, uh, back then you gave each other cassettes. I went home. So the headphones got in the corner, man. And, you know, I remember saying to myself, hey, man, you know what? Ain't no two swing. Ain't no, ain't no one two swing. You better knock the son of a bitch right the fuck out the first swing. You better bust ass on it. So they gave me the song, and I, it was uh, falling down, 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 and I just blew it out, right? Bang. David went there a couple of days later, sung the song, boom. They started checking me out. Hmm. You know? That's uh... And they would, they, I think they've gone through a lot of singers. So I, I just knew that, you know, if I didn't bust this out, man, they were going to pass me up. You know what I mean? I knew that, that uh, this was real. Johnny, Johnny was one of those musicians that I met that was like, hey, we can be friends, but, you know, if you don't have the touch, man, you can't do it. So that was like um, um, a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I disappeared when I got in that band. Um, I learned a lot from those guys. I became a student uh, because they had already done it and been there. I went to one of the best colleges in the world. Uh, it was University of Flash. <laughs> You know, you learn good things and you learn bad things, you know, but it was, um, it was, it was every day in the snake pit, um, uh, down in the studio, in the pit itself, just doing it. It was fun. It was sometimes not fun. It was life. And it was life with these guys that unlike a lot of bands I was in, I knew there was going to be an outcome. You know, I knew that this is going to be heard by people because of this guy. Right. Um, uh, as far as feeling like a band, yes, we did. But I saw Snake Pit like the Jeff Beck group. You know, you had Rock Stewart and that, and, and, and you know, she was the main dude. And, you know what I'm saying? That's how I kind of saw it. Like, we were like the, the guys she chose to go through this war with. And it was a band, but it was mainly like his thing to me. And, and I, I, I realized that, you know. But um, getting into that band... I can remember after I dropped off the cassette, and these guys don't know that, uh, I sat there, and I, I think I went through about, I'd say, um, um, say four or five fingers worth of, you know, fingernails, just chewing them down, you know, going, man, I hope I, oh, I really, you know, that type of thing. Because as doing it, trying out, I was like, okay, but once it ended, I went, whoa, hope I did that. And bang, you know, I, I, I busted open, thank God. That's so... I love it because it's such a contrast between our last interview. We, we spoke to Brain, and I asked right. him how he joined Guns N' Roses. And when uh, he he kind of took it, he like not seriously at the beginning. He's like, I could play Sweet Child on the Mind. He kind of went in there, didn't he's like, Oh, I can just play this. And it took a while uh, for, and Tommy Stinson. So he had a blueprint. Right, but it, it's just funny how it took him to kind of be yelled at or looked at, like, scowled at by Tommy Stinson, be like, you got to up your game. This is serious. And you knew that beforehand. You kind of just knew. Well, you know what? So, you know what? Let me say this. Um, 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 uh, there were times when someone would say, hey, man, you got to pick it up. You know, there were, there were a lot of times when I would, someone would say, hey, man, you got to step it up. Because once you get into that game, you don't know what the level is. You know, uh, uh, they didn't have to say it a lot because I would, I would mainly just watch Flash and go, okay, he's moving, I gotta move. I mean, even if he went to play a pinball machine, I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? I, I saw you move. You know? <laughs> Follow the man, you know? So it was it was just, um, there was that going on, yeah. Did Slash know of you before you were recommended yes, to audition? Yes, did. Slash and I had met earlier, earlier on uh, in life when I first got out here. Um, but we, we crossed paths every now and then. 
Slash and I had a, had a really good friend of ours that, that uh, left us a while back. His name was Wes Harkin. Sure. And if you look on the back of Appetite for Destruction, Wes felt right with Mark Weber sure. with those songs. Wes Chris Weber. Reasons. Yeah, Chris Weber. I'm sorry. Chris Weber. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we interviewed him too. That's why. Yes. Chris, how you doing? It's Rob, man. <laughs> He's still out there, brother. Yeah, Chris Weber. Yes, sir. I worked with him for quite a while. and uh, So okay. I kind of knew that whole umbrella, you know? Okay, yeah, that's another thing that I, I why I love doing this podcast. It's just, it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon just replace you know six degrees of Slash or Axel. You, you know, you all kind of know each other yeah. in such a, uh, a big yeah. talent pool there. Um, yeah. Did yeah. you know? Did you know of? Because uh, that's the first time. I mean, I I know a lot of GNR history, but I never claimed to be you know a, a savant with everything. Right. But did you know of? Chris Cornell auditioning beforehand, or did you find that out after? Because it was it was it was a situation where um uh uh you know he he had brought his from what Flash had said because when you got there you were you know you had to wait upstairs and that kind of thing so you didn't really know what was going on down there you know, you get in you wait and basically what Flash said like a weird I, I job interview like, was like a weird job interview situation where you're just... no 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 it was it was like you get there to to maybe uh, I got there to like demo the song that I've done and they were down there you know maybe running a song with someone so was, they were really really busy you know by the time I got there and um, uh, I think someone said something like man that was strange and I said well what do you mean he goes well he was playing his guitar we were playing our guitar and it was just a little little sort of you know it just didn't work out and that's how I found out you know. That's interesting. That sounds strange, strange, isn't it? It's incredibly strange because I, I just yeah. didn't know when you, you know, with anything, even if you had the biggest ego in the world, where you, you'd yeah. be sitting in your car wondering, biting your fingernails off if you got it or not. But if you yeah. knew Chris Cornell, whoever. Oh, no, else, no, no. Let me, let me rearrange it. I did not have a car at that time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no car in sight, man. Not then. Well, uh, wherever you were biting your nails off, under a bridge, sure. wherever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that it could have just changed your perception. You could have been like, hey, I tried. I just don't expect to get this. But when you got I don't know. The- no, I'm not that kind of person, man. There's a wall that needs to be taken down. We're going through it. God damn it. You not know. Absolutely not. I'm a Leo. Flash to Leo. Um, alpha, man. That, that was the thing about Snake Pit. We were all alphas. Mm. You know, okay, we got to take that show. It's already taken in our mind. I you know, you. that's done. We're doing that. I'm, I'm not going to lie down. As I think Bob Bali said, I come to conquer, not to lie down. Oh, I, I get it. I told I'm, I'm a Virgo, so I'm a little bit more sensitive. So that's that's my. Right. <laughs> uh, so how did you? How did uh? Were, how do you were you notified that you made the band? Were you called like you were the first draft pick in the NBA? I or? was. We, we're standing by the pool. I do that a couple of days, and Flash comes out, and I gotta tell you, in these shorts, man, that he used to wear, they're from the '70s. They're a little short. Sometimes they show up the casserole. You don't want to see it. <laughs> Oh, sir. Carry a ponytail. And he says, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know how he talks. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the van. He starts jumping up and down with this, you know, this boppity bop dance. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm like, wow, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and a, that was it. That sounds like another uh, part of the eventual Rod Jackson movie. Uh, yeah. Then, then, um, what did you see in Slash? Because uh, I guess let me get to the one of the first question. Um, you know, I'm going to save these questions for after because there's so much I, I definitely want to get to, and I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. Um, then, what was the recording process 
like? When did you when he hired when he you were officially part of the band and it's the second Snake Pit record? Uh, what was the approach into that record? Uh, what did he want to do? What was his vision and what was your vision? His vision was everyone's vision. We all had the same. You know, we people say we got to read the same page. You can all read the same book. You don't have to be on the same page. But we were all reading the same book, so some of us would get to that page. Um, uh, his vision was, man, I've got these songs, and I need this voice. See what you can do, you know. And uh, I just heard the music and said, "This is what I think. This, this is the. These are the scenes that I'm seeing. You know, they they would like create this this mood, and I would try to create this uh, the scene. You know, like uh, um, 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 I'll, you know, here, here we are alone now, just you and me. I want to be like him. That reminded me of a serial killer. So that's where that came from. So I think our vision were all somewhere down the line hitting the same page, you know? How did uh, the writing process go? Because you can obviously like, he obviously liked your voice. So did you like, did you like the, uh, the lyrics and the ideas that you brought to, to the music? Because this was all like, you know before that, but th- these were all uh, supposed to be Guns N' Roses songs, right? That's how Snake Pit yes, started? I, I know that. I, you know, and I, I realized that when I heard them because of the tone and the sound it had. But I didn't want to, you know, to me it was like, let Flash be Flash and let us be us. And that's the only way it's going to work. You know what I mean? I, we don't want to be Flash and four little Flashes. You know what I'm saying? That's, 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 too much incest going on there. <laughs> you know, just be, just, yeah, just be yourself, man, and it will work. And that's what those guys did. So the writing was me just writing about stuff I knew once again. Um, I would help with the music. They would help with the writing. So it was all a 50-50 thing. Even though I say it was like the Jeff Beck band, being around him, you felt, he did not make you feel at all like it's me and then you. And I'll say this, and, and I hope he hears this, I love him with all the life in me. What he had, I had. He never dropped me and left me in the woods. They, those guys were just the best of best of the best. You know, they really were. So, um, uh, you know, the writing and all of that and the music was all of us just going, hmm, you threw some celery in? Well, let me throw a little gunpowder in. Boom! You know, oh, shit, well, that's not work. You know, hey, Slash, want to throw some vodka in that? Bam! You know, that, oh, okay, a little too much, you know. So it was all of us together doing it. And since this was your, your first big break, you're working with with Slash, uh, did you feel any pressure? And I'm gonna. This leads into one of the first questions that I got from a listener. This is from uh, Carly from Michigan, and in Slash's autobiography, she uh, he implied that Snake Pit was disbanded because Axel wanted to make a, an album, and Geffen wanted uh, Slash and Axel back together again. So, do you know if any of this was going on behind the scenes when you were trying? I never to- heard, you know, I don't know where that came from, but I never heard any of that. From what I understand, Axel was still uh, doing uh, Chinese democracy. I, I, that if that was going on, then it was hidden in a room far away in Switzerland. Because no, that I don't know about that. I, I can't confirm that because we knew nothing about that. You know. Well, that, that's good because that'll only add pressure to you and the band if, you know, if, if whatever Slash is venting, saying, "Oh, the the record company wants me to get no, back with that." No, no, not at all, that. man. That is that. I, that's the first time I ever heard of that. You know, that really is. That's that's what I I like doing this podcast and why it's called distortion. It's to get rid of you know and get through all the the rumors that are out there, people that think that yeah. are that are facts. Um, yeah. 
so I mean, if you never knew, it was like uh, Slash never br- uh, brought his, you know, his, no, his homework. No, work home. Then that all right. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. You got somebody like Matt Rogg in a band, you got no problems because he's gonna bang it out. So no, not at all. All right, then another thing that uh, I guess has been rumored around because uh, that era, and this comes from another uh, fan, this is from uh, Michael Caine from Ireland. Uh, this was around, I guess Slash was still struggling with sobriety. Did you see any yeah. uh, decline or in his health, or did that affect the band at all, anything that was was going on uh, with you? Wow. Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you something, man. Um, uh, that's... That's something that um, if you can't uh, if you can't answer, by the way, I don't want you oh, to speak no, for somebody no, I'm, else. I'm not going to answer something. We got people out there that want to know. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to be a thuggish. I'm going to be thuggish about this. Okay, um, uh, we all burned ourselves by the fire, uh, not because we like like the heat, but just we like the way it burned. Uh, sometimes you need to extinguish it and start over again. Um, uh, uh, if he was falling, you you better damn. Then well, better believe I was there to pick him up. If I was falling, same with me. But uh, uh, if I saw you kicking a bit, man, I'm gonna, you know. So um, we, we held on. We kept it together. We, we definitely kept it together. There were times when it seemed like the train was just gonna go into a brick wall, but when it came showtime, we kept it together. When it came time for us to work, it all came together. So um, whatever train or whatever you had in your tank, you know, it didn't stop us. Not at all. That's good because I wanted to get through those. I mean, because I didn't read any of this in any sites. These are just fan questions, and these are things that I pondered as well. So they're questions that I would have uh, in addition to that. Because whenever you talk yeah. about Slash the Snake Pit, or a lot of people just mentioned it, you guys were that era of his life was given such a brief mention in his uh, biography. Yeah. And yeah. whenever, when I have YouTube videos of your version of Snake Pit, people just want to know what happened. People say, why'd you break up? Why'd you? It went as far as it could go. As people, we went as far as we could go. You know, when you're very young, you try to hang on to something. But it, it was, it had taken its course. It, it just drove its course. And it was like, okay, you know, um, I think, and I can say this for myself, we had all been offered different deals and stuff from people, you know, being in that band around him. Um, for me, and I can say this, once I saw how the machine was working, I said, hmm, maybe I can have my own machine. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's, uh, you know, it, it just, it just, it just went its course. That was it. The, see, that's, that's more of a, uh, an accept, not, I don't want to say acceptable. That just makes me feel better yeah. as a fan that there wasn't. Yeah, it just explains to us, man. I mean, that, okay, hey, dude, see you, bye, you know, it's fuck you, whatever, goodbye, love you, whatever you want to say, but, and eh, this is as far as we're going to go, and you can drop me off right there. Okay, man, it's me, right? Okay, bye. You know. Sure, because I want to get through the speculation, and you know, obviously with GNR slash and Axel, there's so many, so much fake news out there. Uh, so I definitely yeah. wanted to make sure. And you know, we have that fake news. When one guy hears it, if, if you're not a strong enough person, then you start falling into it, and you get this sort of fake hatred going on. Where guys don't talk for years, but um, I try not to be like that. I, you know. See, that was the thing, and whenever I would read comments about this upcoming interview from listeners, and, and just my, obviously my, my own opinion, that from whether it's the Walker interview, uh, that he, you know... Are you stoned? I'm um, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> or for everything, 
I know, but everything it's you see. Like such a fame now. <laughs> you know, all your station when it comes on. Da 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 da. da I heart radio, radio with I heart. It'll tear you apart. It's got your heart. It's radio. It's I heart. Are you sound? <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to make that my new theme song for the uh, okay for the podcast. Right. I love it. But everything that I, I've read from you and your stage presence, watching you know your live performances, it seem you seem like such a ball of positive and good energy. That, I try to be, that this negative stuff is out there, not about you, but just about what, maybe what happened with Snake Pit. And I'm like, how you does know, it make and sense? That's, it's funny, man, because uh, people love that. People love that kind of thing. Um, uh, and let me say this. Yes, when you are in a band, you are married to that person. You may get a bad divorce, but there's something deep inside you that still loves that guy. If you spent that time with him. You know, uh, and I do know guys that, really hated each other, but man, if someone called that other guy and said, dude, there's some guy, he'd be right there. You know, that love is still there. And, and I think people love that, uh, you know, I think, uh, I'm not sure, but I think, you know, at one point, Rob had a break and he back his head like a Christmas walnut, you know, or, you know, that type of stuff. People love that. They, for some reason, people love the negativity. Because positivity stops both. There it is. But the negative just goes on. I can't. I can't deal with that. That shit. I me neither. Me neither. No, me neither. I, I've had enough negative. You know, I, I don't. You've had more stories than um, I, don't, I think yeah. one episode can uh, can handle. But I've been through a lot of shit. I know you've been through a lot of yeah. shit. Uh, so that's yeah. why I guess I don't want it. I don't want it. And, no, uh, man. So no, I, I definitely want no. to clear through. Yeah. So let's go to yeah. something uh, more positive. This is uh, from um, t- uh, Tintin. Forgive me from Mexico. We talk all the time. Tintin. Do you know him? No, I don't know Tintin. Oh, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> the way you said it. Well, I don't know. Maybe because you run Slash's fan page. I mean, that's pretty, I don't know. Uh, so I he- don't know Tintin, but Tintin, what's up, bro? <laughs> uh, well, this is a positive question because he, he believes that there are some uh, unreleased tracks on, off uh, Ain't Live Grand. And he thinks that there yeah. are. So, yeah, think- there is. Um, uh, there's, there's a couple. There's quite a few, in fact, uh, uh, that we didn't release. Um, yeah, yeah, there's quite a few, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that because you never know what might happen later on. I'd love to tell you the name of them, but God damn it, I'm not, but I'm going to keep you hanging. That's fine. But they may or may not see the light of day sometime, but they oh, exist. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're a God, you know what, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you can probably find them out there if you search deep enough into Snake Pit, I'm sure. I'm sure someone's got some of them. You know what I've been looking for? I've been looking for a BH1 interview of Slash and I in New York. I can't find that anywhere. I don't know who has that. That's what I was wondering. I, I couldn't believe you that you guys didn't do an interview together when I'm looking through, just combing through the internet, as they say. So if you can't find we, we that, did, it's got to be somewhere. We did. We did a lot of interviews together, uh, phone-in, stuff like that. We took a, we, you know, it's funny because let me, let me get into this. When you asked me how did I get into State and what that was like, a lot of it I left out because I know we have a certain amount of time. But, you know, being in Slash's world was like, holy shit. You know, we went on a promo tour with him and I just, and I said, well, what's the promo tour like? And he goes, well, you just go around the world talking about me, talking about you. You know, and here we are flying from place to place to place doing it, and uh, it was bigger than what I just said. I just want that to be known. Sure. And uh, don't concern yourself with any time constraints. It's whatever you got to go. And I'm I'm hoping you'll come on again regardless. So we can have a part two. Yeah, part two or... 
whatever you want to do, because uh, this has just been uh, thoroughly uh, entertaining, but still a lot more to get to because we got to talk about your solo stuff and uh, and everything else going on with you. Um, but going back to the Snake Pit, when did you? Uh, when did I want to go back to? I don't want to go to the end part of it yet. Uh, okay. What was it like touring? Were there people who? Oh my were, god! Yeah, well, because I guess there's two parts of it. What was it like touring for you with with Slash? And this is your first break. Uh, and the other part, things that both Slash and Axel experienced when GNR wasn't together, that are fans clamoring for that. So did, did you he- experience any of that at shows, or uh, did that? I did not. Then that's why. Um, no, he didn't run into any of that. You know, with Axel or none of that. It was all just balls out to the wall rock band doing it, man. Um, tour bus rocking, everything moving, banging it out. Um, the one thing I made sure with being on stage with those guys was just like uh, my feet didn't touch the ground. You know, that time up there was just magic because you've got one of the best machines behind you that you could ever have. So it was just, we had so much fun. If you guys really knew what we were laughing at up there, what we could see and our vision, you, you wouldn't believe it, you know. Uh, one of my favorite stories is we're playing Madison Square Garden, sold out, and I'm doing my thing, and I feel this, this cap on my shoulder. I turn around, there's Terry Kelly, duck walking like Chuck Berry, and he goes, get out of the way, Ron, I'm, I'm taking the whole stage. And he's duck walks the whole stage, man. So it, it was, it was, touring was the shit, it really was. It was everything that I'd read about in those books, Derek was right in front of me. And did you know uh, Kerry and the rest of the band in addition to Slash before, or was it like a totally new I had never experience? met Kerry Kelly before. No, I, I, I'd never met KK before. Matt Log I hadn't met. Um, no, I didn't know the fifth. The only one I really knew was Slash and Johnny, hmm. you know. Um, and, and I didn't know Ryan Roxy either. I never met Ryan. So it was a new experience for a lot of you. Oh, yeah. You know, when you go on the road, man, you find out what that guy's really about. You go into a guy's hotel room after about three or four nights, he's been, you know, posted up in there. It's like, okay, so this is your world, you know? <laughs> so, it, <laughs> you know, you you really, it was it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. I, I loved it. I loved touring. I loved the tour. What was your favorite uh, song that you ever recorded with Slash? Um, mine would have to be, wow, hmm. I love Shine. Yes. I always love Shine. Yes. Um, and I'll tell you the story behind that. I had a really, really bad day one day. And um, things weren't working out. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times people find themselves in a situation where there's no roof over their head and no walls around them. And they do what they got to do. And that was, like, happening to me. Um, at the time, I was sort of just, you know, existing. And all of a sudden, this black SUV, these guys don't know this happens, this black SUV pulls up. And they open the door and slash, and the guys go, hey, man, get in, we're going to go. And when I got in, the first word I thought about was shine. That just hit my, hit my head. So the next song we wrote, I wrote, I called it shine. They don't know that. Hmm. But um, once, the minute I stepped into that SUV and that door closed, shine. You know, my, old, my troubles had went away. You, know? you went from such a, a bottom to such a high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes we get there, you know. Is that what you love? Uh, so what's the subject you like to cover the most? I mean, of course, you want to reflect on your own life, but is there a particular subject you like to talk about when you write songs? I, I, you know what? I'd like to talk about my solo stuff, okay? Yeah. 
what I want to say is, um, uh, first of all, let me, let me, let me, let me say this about Snake Hits. Dude, we got to do a part two of this, because there are things I could tell you that would blow your, it'd blow your shorts off, you know? No, we, so we will. We got to do a part two, brother. We got to do a part two of this. Oh, no, we absolutely will. And I'm not kicking you off by any means. Uh, I, I want to do a part two. I mean, you're, you're, and this is a more sound effects that I have. So whoever, yeah. you know, we come on, we have a good time and, you know, every, every, I guess, uh, whether a band or, I don't know, you have like kind of like a nickname for your, your listeners, your fan base. So I usually compare it to like Lady Gaga has her little monsters, uh, Taylor Swift yeah. has her Swifties. So since I'm a child, uh, I refer to my friends of the show and of course, it has to be Guns N' Roses related as bad apples. Right. So you're officially a bad apple. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what kind of fun you got there. I can shoot one of those. <laughs> you, oh, man. I love that. You got to walk around with a button machine, man. <laughs> so you are officially a bad apple. I love it. So you can uh, come on whenever you want, but uh, I guess the, before we get to the solo stuff, we'll just wrap up with the Snake Pit stuff here. Um, can I give my listeners a name? Can I name my guys? Yeah, do it. This is this is your show. This I is want to tell everybody that listens to Ron Jackson, the Manish Bat, the Manish Bandits, bunch of Manish Bandits, man. The Manish Bandits. Manish, like a Manish boy, like uh, 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 uh Muddy Waters, the song Muddy Waters, Manish boy. I, I like it. Thanks. Uh, then. We'll, we'll, we'll switch over to this, uh, the solo stuff and um, right uh, in a second. I just want to wrap up, I guess, with the Snake Pit stuff, and we can do part yeah. two, three, 24, whatever we want to do after. Um, were you, are you upset that it took? It was only one record? Like, What's your feeling on it now that you, all these years later, reflect back on it? Um, do, you, do you wish you did more? Uh, you know, what are your feelings on Slash the Snake Pit all these years later? At the time it was it was ending, I think, like I said, we were all ready to go. There was no old... I've never been in a band that was ending that I didn't want it to end. And I don't even want it to end, but I've never been one of those guys that went, oh, my God, we got to hang on to this. If it's ending, then there's a reason. You know, move on. Um, looking back on it, uh, um, uh, yeah, we were ready for it, for it to end at that point. Um I know I had, like I said, seen a glimpse of the way the machine was being ran, and I kind of thought, you know, hmm, maybe I can do that. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think we were, all, we were all like, okay, you know, that's it. You know, um, uh, of course, you know, once you, there's a lot of, lot of leftover, like, you know, stones and, and rocks lying around that you see every now and then that go, oh, wow, you know, you just don't move from it so easily. You know, it takes a while to shake it off because it was such a, a big blast. But, um, yeah, it was time to go, you know. Hmm. Like a kind of like a, it's like a shining star, shooting star. It was, it was up yeah. and then it faded away. So uh, yeah. after that, and we'll lead, of course, this is down the path to your solo stuff. Now, now, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm sorry, you asked me also, did I want to do another album? Oh, forget at me, that yes. point, At that point, not really because, like I said, um, I had in my mind already started, okay, you know, I want to do my own thing now. So at that point, not really. Okay. And what about now? Do you, like, do you feel now that, you know, it's like reunion time, you know, not yeah, obviously I mean, Guns N' Roses, but, you know. Matt Log, Matt Log said something in the interview when they asked him that. He said, we're all different people now. Maybe it would work, maybe it wouldn't, but I don't know, you know. Who knows? Who knows? 
Were you ever, um, since then, were you ever contacted about uh, Velvet Revolver, or were you contacted with Slash about any of the other projects he's done? Because, of course, when he officially did go solo, when Snake Pit was not a solo project, but when he had, you know, uh, Chris Cornell and Adam Levine and Lemmy sing on that first record, then went on to uh, be with, um, why am I forgetting his name, uh, Alter Bridge, why am I, uh, Miles Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, did he ever reach out to you again for any of his future projects? You know, you, you he... know what? Let me, let me answer that. I was so busy and wrapped up into my solo stuff that, that and he knew in his mind, okay, Rod's doing something else. The respect there was, I'm going to leave him alone and let him get his thing together. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what, what was going on there. He knew that I was lost into my thing, you know? Wow, that's interesting, because yeah. you know, after... You know, before Scott Weiland had died, uh, they had already announced they were looking for another lead singer. Rumors are out there. Corey Taylor, you, you never know. So, you know, your name would come up as well. And, yeah. I mean, at least for as far as I know, this is I just didn't know why you were overlooked. But I, that's cool that, I guess, Slash just kind of respected you were doing your own thing. And yeah, I guess you yeah, didn't want to be part was... of another super group. Is that it? Because you wanted to be... Uh, it wasn't even that. It was just... At that point, my gears had shifted into such of my own solo thing that I didn't really know what was going on in this world. You know, after each band has its own world and it populates itself with its people. And when that ends, you do that again. And sometimes you're so busy with those people that you don't know what's going on in someone else's world. So that's kind of where it was. I didn't, I didn't really hear Velvet Revolver for a while, you know. Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I can understand because unless you're, you're seeking out um, like you did when you were a kid, if you're going on the radio and not like, I mean, there were some songs uh, that made the radio with with Velvet, um, and even with the solo stuff, but but it never came in passing and be. Like, so I guess no, if you're working on your other stuff, where oh no, I could have yeah. contributed to that, you know, I oh I yeah. wish she called me, but none of that happened. No, wow, oh, all right, not not at all. I, um, I wouldn't. My mind, my, I, I wouldn't thinking of that. My mind was on Rod Jackson, you know. Sure. Then let's get all of our minds on Rod Jackson if they're not already. <laughs> so uh, then, yeah. So take us. Like, what's been going on since uh, Snake Pit? A lot of time has passed, and we all miss your oh, voice. Wow. Oh, oh wow! Thank you. Um, after Snake Pit, I worked with a lot of people, um, and I sort of started getting together my solo thing. And what I mean by that was, I was never in a situation where I had my own access to recording. And time went on, and I worked with other people. And finally, when I got that, I said, okay, I've got everything I need right here to do what I need to do. So let's see if I can do it. Um, uh, writing with a band and writing by yourself is the same, but it's not the same. The true you is when you're on your own. And uh, I wrote hundreds, I've got hundreds of songs, man, hundreds of songs that I wrote. Uh, getting in touch with record people. Uh, influencing myself over again, falling down, getting up, um, you know, washing off the dirt, you know, putting it back on, and just sort of growing into what I am right now, you know, um, uh, picking the guitar up again. You know, I started playing guitar again. Um, uh, and just laying down tracks, just basically getting lost in my world that I'm creating that I'm ready to just show to everybody, you know. Um, they're having a great time doing it. And along the way, meeting people, you know, like the Wizard and the, you know, the Tin Man, those guys. <laughs> yes. How long have you been uh, been working on this record? 
quite a while. Um, what's been taking so long, and I'll tell you something, and, and this is the truth, man. What's not the writing of the songs, it was the recording the songs. I would record a song, and I'd go, okay, if I'm going to give this to record people, it's got to be top-notch. And I would put it against a Stevie Wonder or, or a Let's Settler song to see if I had close to the quality. And I had never done that before, so that was the thing, you know. They said the vocals were right and everything, and bang, man, it took a while for me to get that down. That takes a while, you know. So you had your own little Chinese democracy moment of just, it's got to be hit us. Thank you! <laughs> I like it. I like that. So what can we uh, expect uh, from Rod Jackson's solo stuff? I mean, lots of good music. Um, lots of happy times, man. Uh, I want everybody to come out there, you know, when it, starts, when it kicks in, it should be very, very soon kicking in. Um, surrounding myself with some great people. Uh, songs are going to be banging. Going to love the songs, man. It's got everything for everyone. And I'm not just saying that. It's, um, you know, it's, when I write a song, I just write a song. You know, if it comes out sounding like something else, you know, let's say if it, someone said, well, that sounds a little country. Well, what's got me on it? You know, um, or that sounds a little bust. No matter what I write, it's me. So people should expect, you know, just Rod Jackson, you know what I mean? Um, doing it the best he can. To just you know make your dick drop through your asshole. But it's gonna be good music, man. The record people out there, here I am. Um, uh, gotten lots of calls back, lots lots of interesting things, and um, I want to thank you, man, for for doing this. You know. No, this has been totally. This has been amazing for me, and it's been yeah. it's been comforting when I read. Uh, the comments, like, because YouTube, YouTube comments can be the cesspool of human nature. But I'm, uh, but when I'm watching every clip on you, whether it's a lot, it's like a live video or, or uh, one of the like the Mean Bone video, one of your official videos of Snake Pit, everyone's like, oh my god, voice of like his generation, uh, Rod Jackson, probably the second best or maybe one B next to Axel as far as singer slash has ever played with. It's every comment. There's nothing negative. I have yet to see a negative comment about you online. Wow. And I was looking for it. I'm like, there's got to be something like, oh, I like the first record better. I mean, yes, that first record was great, but it's everyone's like, where's Rod Jackson? Slash should be working with him again. And I did get a, a funny uh, suggestion, and who knows? Uh, a few episodes ago, I interviewed uh, Nico in London, London being Slash's 15-year-old kid, and they're looking for a, a lead singer. So who knows? Maybe Rod Jackson will join Class's act. <laughs> wow! Right? And you could be working with Slash, and then now his son, who's a drummer. You know what? Life's a stranger. It could be the real life, um, uh, the Jack Black movie, School of Rock. You know, you... Oh my God, you could it. Right? Hey, if it ever happens. It's what a reality show. Let's say, you know, here's a situation, you know, I've, I've done something wrong with the kid. I told, oh, fuck you, kid. And, you know, bring, bring, hello. It's flash, you can't talk to my kid. Like, hey, this is a good idea, whether it's Slash or some uh, executive at uh, NBC or whatever. This is, yeah. this is good. This is better than any Kardashian show. You got to do this. Make this happen. That's too funny. Um, so when can we expect it? When do you think, because uh, you're still... Like, where are you in the process of, of the album? When do you expect I'm, I'm it? Gonna say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably throw it out there around, let's say, March, around April. Expect it in April, man. Oh, awesome. And you get a tour with it? 
Oh, God, you kidding me? I'm, dude, I'm coming to your I'm coming to your house. I'm setting up in your living room. God damn it. I'm going to you may not have. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to knock it out, man. I want to, I want to, um, I'm ready to put it out there, you know, have some fun. I think, I think Lindy says she built the flagpole. She salutes God <laughs> You're going to make a lot of people happy because, again, a lot of uh, everyone was asking about you, throwing in, uh, in questions. And I'm just... here, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here, brother. Oh, it's it's awesome. And uh, as I'm glad you suggested it before I did. Whenever you want to come back, uh, by all means, if I don't reach out to you first, because uh, I want updates on the solo record, on, on the yeah. tour, you know, whether you play in New York City or. Or Long Island, where I am. Let me know. You want to know what I'll do? I'll see if I can shoot you a song to throw on your, your radio show. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, make it available. Yeah. And, you know, you'll come on when the show uh, when it's re- um, when it's available. And if you want to talk about the yeah. song, kind of make it like a storyteller's, we can do that. Yeah. It's my show. I can do whatever we want. It's a, as long yeah. as it's... Do whatever the fuck you want. And, and listen, when you see Walker, yes. you tell Walker that I said, sleep deprivation... It's a crime. <laughs> Are you stoned? I'm not right now. <laughs> well, he missed out. So if, when we do part two, hopefully he'll be the co-host. But uh, there's something else you want to get out there, Rod? You know, I look forward to next time um, talking you know to you. What, but, man, you know. we, I could go on talking to you forever, dude. You know, it's next thing you know, before in the morning, we're getting into our personal things and why we put egg soup and salad and you know that whole thing. But uh it's up to you. We can wrap it up, and uh, you know, I think that's about it, right there. I think I think I've said enough. I, I like it. This is going to be a good taste for for all the listeners who were, you know, for because yeah. you want to get, you want to give them everything. You don't want to give them everything right you away. Do. You know, you, you do. And I will, you know, I will end because I like to usually start or end my uh, interviews really uncomfortable. Uh, I was watching yeah. oh, when I was watching your the the Buffalo. The whole show is on YouTube. <laughs> And yeah. you're up there, and you're doing like a kind of a Jim Morrison thing, and I swear you were about to whip your dick out, and you just did it just to fuck with everybody, and you just heard like this faintest gasp, like I think the and and you just went on to sing the song, and it was just oh my oh my god, and like okay that was pretty funny, so uh, you are a front man, you are you're definitely a rare bird uh, nowadays. <laughs> Rod, awesome, anytime. I love you, man. I love your show. I love the people. I love. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate Thank this. You so much. You said thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Big D. Brandon? Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, brother. Ditto. You, you guys have a great Sunday. We'll talk soon. You too. You too. Peace, brother. Bye. Rod motherfucking Jackson. I can't wait to see him. That, you know, he's going to be touring. And uh, cause next time he's on the show, I have to have him in studio. He's so animated and so passionate. I felt like it wasn't enough. You couldn't feel it enough through the phone, even though we got a lot. He has a lot more to add, and we knew it, and he knows it. So I can't wait for that. So thank you again to, to Rod Jackson slash the Snake Pit. Such a cool moment for me uh, and such a cool moment for all of us being fans of uh, of. Guns N' Roses of Slash, of, of Snake Pit. And thank you again to all of you who've been receiving uh, a lot of messages on Facebook, on Twitter, from listeners who've been here since since uh, episode one, those of us who have just found us over the past few episodes and are now going back listening. Um, I think it was Jay from Australia. Uh, shout out to Jay who said he 
has listened to every episode three times over. You're crazy, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So the more you listen, the more you tell people, the more guests that we'll get. Um, We've been very lucky. I've been very lucky to to talk to the string of guests that we've had the past few episodes. So uh, if you want to help out, do me a favor. Tell your friends. All right. If they like Guns N' Roses and if they don't, they, they're not your friend, uh, tell them about this podcast. iHeart, Spreaker, uh, I- iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now, um, and SoundCloud. Download the AFD Show. Of course, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. So as far as the next episode is concerned, when will you see it? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if as soon as the word... But you'll see it. You've been listening to the Distorted Minds of Appetite for Distortion. Follow the guys on Twitter at The AFD Show and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The AFD Show. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.